0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I hope everybody had a lovely Thanksgiving. Welcome back. Welcome back. Just for uh, one here, one big one on this Friday, November the 24th uh we likely will not have a show over the weekend if i'm guessing i know i always have this harebrained plan to get something out there but i i don't know that it's going to happen just a lot of family stuff this weekend and i'm guessing for a lot of you that's kind of a similar feel um we've uh realizing that my board is is kind of too far back today so I'll try to bring it forward a little now is that doing any good it's not doing any good at all ah well maybe i can Pivot things a tad. I know. Great start to the show. Welcome to it, everybody. It's Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Vespres. Thank you all for tuning in and spending your Friday morning with us here on the uh, Sports Ethos Fantasy NBA Today feed. It's a big Week in Review Friday show. You guys know the drill on this one. We're going to go through all the ads, drops, buys, sells, holds, watch lists, injury names that have emerged basically over the last week of basketball. Um, I've ported them all into a very handy-dandy little Microsoft Word window. I know it's extraordinarily l- low-tech, but you know what? I don't care. That's the way it's going to be. And before we start going through all those names very quickly here at the front end of the show, I want to remind all of you guys to come hang out with us in our Sports Ethos Discord. It's really become a pretty fun place to be these days with people helping people. That's kind of what I've always w- hoping that it would come to, is folks, you know... If I post a question in a room, you might not get the analysts on it, but you're going to get a whole bunch of other very smart sports ethos followers and just crowdsourcing, good opinions, things like that. If you want to get into the analyst side, if you want to talk to the the pros, uh, upgrade to a fantasy pass and pop it over there. Find me on social at Dan Vesperus over the weekend at some point. Please do. I'll, I'll, I'm still going to be doing my stuff on social media this weekend, and uh, that's probably the promo I wanted to get in at the beginning of the show. So, let's get to some names. Here we go. Fantasy Basketball Week in Review. We're off and running. And as noted on the board, we're talking about, really, this is more of a season-long type of approach to things. But let's go through some of the names and uh, see which ones require any additional explanation. We'll begin with the ads. And most of these are fairly straightforward. Most of these, the reasoning you guys will know immediately but let's just bring him up real quick. The list starts with Buddy Healed, who, uh, just in case you guys missed the news earlier this week, slid back into the starting lineup for the Pacers for the first time this season and really for the first time since, I think it was like mid-March of last year. Remember, they went young. They were trying him out in other parts of the order. Uh, well, as a starter, he's going to smash everybody. So that's the beauty part of Buddy Heald. Since, his, since inserting into the starting lineup, he's basically been like a second-round kind of guy, and no, he's not going to shoot 70% from the field long-term. But you get him in there taking a bunch of threes alongside Halliburton. He'll usually fall into a steal along the way. Good foul shooter, although he hasn't gotten to the line, I don't think, over the last week or two. Regardless, he was someone that was getting dropped, and for good reason, because he was doing next to nothing coming off the bench. But he's starting now, and so at least like triple-check your league to make sure somebody didn't punt on him, because... I mean, thinking back to what we had said, we're like, look, if you're sitting on Buddy Heald, it's because you're hoping that he gets traded or something shifts. And then that thing happened. He was dropped in one of my one of the Yahoo leagues I'm in. I put a very large bid in on him. And so now I have a Buddy Heald. And I, you know, I he wasn't really a guy that I was planning on targeting this year. But with this shift, you kind of have no choice. Alex Caruso is the next name on the board. He's been an ad for most of the season, but I wanted to get him on the ads list today just so that we could talk about the fact that he's now been inserted into the starting lineup. Over the season, he's averaging 24 and a half minutes per game. He's inside the top 70. Moved into the starting lineup, what was it, about two, three, some odd, four games ago? I, honest to goodness, I can't remember exactly how long it was, but that. It's not going to dramatically change his per-game production because the minutes are always going to be held a little bit in check simply by the fact that his body can't handle playing an extraordinarily high number of minutes. But they've basically said, look, you got to be a part of what we're doing here. Bringing you off the bench, dropping you in, parachuting after we're already down 15 points is not working. Please help, Alex. You're our only hope. And he's continuing to put up that you know, 60 to 70 range stuff. So he's been an ad for a while, but I wanted to get him back on the board here. And so I did. Next name on the ads board is Keontae George, who uh, was on the ads board, I think last week also, and continues to have the ups and downs associated with a rookie stepping in and running point for an NBA team. When you look at the fact that over the last week, he's posting numbers that are outside the top 150, but we also have to look at a few key things. Number one, he's shooting thirty, three, zero percent on eleven shots per ball game. He's basically been a tank free field goal guy over that stretch, where eleven shots a game is actually more than enough to get George into legitimate fantasy value because over that same stretch he's averaging about two, three pointers a night and six and a half assists, which is this really nice starting point now that his minutes are crawling up towards thirty. If And look, we don't know exactly how many shots per game he's going to hit, but one can perhaps assume he'll get at least into the high 30s. I don't know that he gets to 40. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But that takes away a giant negative. It adds three-pointers. It adds points. I think the assists, rebounds, and steals are relatively sustainable in what they've been the last four or five ball games. Roto side, you're probably not using him until the field goal percent starts to tick up a little bit. Head-to-head, you drop him in there every day, and you just sort of pray you get a week where he's not destroying your field goal number. But he definitely belongs on rosters, and I don't think I need to explain too much more on that one. Malcolm Brogdon's an easy one. Uh, I think we all thought he was going to be out longer. He's actually the part of the cover art on today's podcast. Uh, when Brogdon gets hurt, he tends to miss a whole bunch of time, but he's back, and you know they're, they're easing him back in. His minutes haven't been huge in his two games since returning, but he did play in a back-to-back, and he posted what 20 points, six assists, in those games on average. This is another one where he's probably not on your waiver wire, but you have no idea if somebody was just like, crap, I can't sit on anybody else right now. I have to make a move. I got to unload someone who's hurt, and if that guy was Malcolm Brogdon, if folks were like, oh, when Scoot comes back, it doesn't matter what's, happen- what's going to happen to Malcolm, then maybe he got dumped to the wire in one of your leagues, and so you should at least do sort of a quick pass on the waiver wire and see if he's available in any of the leagues you are in. Derek Lively II is a repeat offender on this ads board. I wanted to get him back on the ads list because I know he hurt himself in that game against the Lakers, but he's young, he's sprightly, I would assume that he'll be back in the not-too-distant future. It's a back contusion I could take. I mean, that's what Bradley Beal was listed as, and then we see what's happened to him. But Beal's an older dude. Lively's young. We've seen him trending up basically every two weeks, and you, you kind of got to get him in your, in your lineups when he gets healthy. So hold on to Derek Lively. I could have probably put him in the holds board, but I wanted to make sure he didn't get lost in that shuffle. So I put him on the ads board, and y'all are just going to have to deal with it. Those are the five ads this week, which, you know, we had, there wasn't anything on Thursday. Uh, I think the ads and drops are probably going to be slightly less as we hit this sort of mid, not midpoint, but like rolling into the dog days of the NBA season. And you're going to see more and more players that arrive on the injury streaming board instead, because that's where a lot of the value is right now. But let's go to holds next. I managed to get a whole bunch of stuff fit onto one page, so YouTubers, I think, are Feelings spry right now. They can see what's coming up. Uh, holds, the Wizards, the whole damn team, because they did finally, in their last ball game, get to play actual starters' minutes. Kuzma 35, Poole 33, Gafford 34, Tyus 35. Only Denny Avio was under 30 minutes in that game. And not surprisingly, basically all of them put up some sort of fantasy numbers. Losing to Charlotte and the terrible Charlotte defense certainly helped the situation. So we've got this sort of point coups thing happening Tyus Jones had seven assists and a couple of steals Gafford had 16 rebounds even Jordan Poole had a serviceable game even if he couldn't throw a damn shot in the bucket another 21 field goal attempts to get to 24 points but that's the kind of stuff that we're hoping persists might not Washington's playing who the Bucks I think tonight so another blowout may be on tap but We finally got to see it. We finally got to see their starters actually go starters' minutes, and it all made sense as to why guys were drafted where they were. Let's hope it happens again, but this is, I think, a pretty good example and an easy one to just point to and say, this is why you can't dump these guys, because look what happens when they actually get to play legitimate starters' minutes. Gordon Hayward is on my uh, holds board. He... This is a bad ball game again on Wednesday. Four points, nine boards, six assists, three turnovers, no steals, no blocks, no threes, two out of eight shooting. I don't like the eight shots. I do like the six assists. I like the nine rebounds. Miles Bridges took 18 shots in that game against Washington and was very involved in everything going on. And then Brandon Miller took 12 shots. And so there is a fear. I have some fear that Gordon Hayward is going to peter out here as the as Miles Bridges gets right, and then Terry Rozier will come back, and that'll be sort of an even bigger pinch on what everybody's doing. But I'll say it, I said it once, I'll say it again. I do think more of what we're seeing with Hayward is stemming from the fact that LaMelo Ball has gotten warm now. He started the year very slowly. Now you've seen LaMelo on kind of a a vicious tear to get his field goal percent up to 44. And at some point, he'll probably go through another shooting slump. I don't know when. Could be soon. Could be months out. That's when you saw earlier this season, that's when you saw Gordon Hayward take over and do more of that in-game orchestrating and be kind of more of a feature guy. So, you know, the end result of all of that is let's give Gordon Hayward another week or so. I put one or two games on the sheet here, but it could be just call it a week to see if he can settle in, to see if he can find the role that he had a week and a half ago or some facsimile of that role. Next hold is Anyeka Okongwu. I was really hoping that I was never going to have to talk about him again on the show. Not because I'm upset about Okongwu, but because I thought it was clear enough that this is what he is when Clint Capella is healthy. He's number 85 in 9-cat right now. Point six steals, a block, 9-7 and seven with good percentages. You can't expect much more when he's going 20-22 minutes off the bench. If Capella gets hurt, Okongwu goes rocket-boosting up inside the top 40 on a per-game basis. And you just hope that we can squeeze a few games out when he's the starting center. But even if you can't, he's startable right now anyway. So I, I, I'm, I'm starting to get those questions again. And I was just, I was wishing that they wouldn't emerge. But here they are. There is not a single player in the I'm scared, nervous, or drop zones this week. Um, Hayward would have probably been the closest to that. And then everybody that's on the watch list, like maybe those are guys that got picked up in certain leagues where you could call them I'm scared guys, but not for me. And so we get to just zip right past this one. There wasn't an obvious drop this last week. How about that for fun? The watch list is five names deep, and the first one everybody's going to yell at me about, but it's Bilal Koulibaly, who, look, like... I've, I'll repeat myself a little bit here. So sorry if you've listened to every show the last couple of weeks, you're going to hear something I've already said. Koulibaly's minutes have been trending up over the last two weeks. He's averaging 27 minutes per ball ballgame. Uh, thinking about the last one week, he's at 25, although that, that last ballgame was one where his minutes were lower. And the thing is, he's showing flashes. He's showing flashes of what the fantasy value could be. The problem is we haven't seen it stick. So he had a few games in there where the the steals were super high and he was shooting 56% from the field, which is a number that we know isn't going to stick because he's taken some three-pointers and Washington is not exactly great at getting dudes wide-open shots. But if things break his way, you could see the rebounds, the steals, the blocks as being kind of a nice supplement to whatever he's doing in the actual scoring categories, which I don't expect to be a very large number. The reason Bilal is on the watch list for me is that I don't think that with the Wizards healthy and not... I know that they're they're sort of uh, monitoring or capping out minutes for the starters regularly on that club, but it's not every day. And no one's out. If Avdia was out or if Tyus Jones was out or whatever, then do you see Kulbelis slide into the starting lineup and lock in 30 minutes per ball game? Possibly. But can he shoot 55%? Probably not. Can the defensive stats be around two per ball game? Maybe. Maybe. Do we expect him to score more than 11, 12 points per game? Probably not. Because there's too many guys on that team that are in the pecking order in front of him in terms of the actual offensive production stuff. I added Belal in a keeper league. Because I think at some point you're going to see the Wizards dump the veterans, whether it's trading them or just shutting them down. And that's when he can step in and you'll start to see. Because I don't know that he'd necessarily be like a running the show kind of dude, but... Just getting enough opportunity. Seven shots becomes nine or ten. or Something to that effect. These these things that seem small in the moment but are actually a really big deal because then you're not just praying for a good sample size, like let's hope the percentages are good for the next week. and That's how he's inside the top 100. At that point, you can just get it by him doing stuff on the court. Circuitous explanation, I know, but the point I'm arriving at here with Bilal is... That I don't think that he's a roto playable guy every single day. I think that he's a little more stashy, but he's been just good enough on the head to head side where you can call him an active stash. And, uh, you know, for roto, you can just sit on him. DeAndre Hunter is on the watch list in case he heats back up again. He had a nice ball game for Atlanta and that crazy high scoring one against Brooklyn, put up 25 and 11 with three defensive stats and made all of his free throws. But he'd been going through this very pronounced up and down so far this year. And at the end of all of it, Hunter's ranked 172. So this is not a guy that I'm expecting will be a long-term solution. But if he gets super hot, then you probably want to roll with him for a week or something. Norman Powell is on my watch list. I wanted to talk more about him, and then he promptly got himself hurt uh, in that Clippers win over San Antonio on Wednesday. I don't know what the timeline is on Powell. It's a sore groin. Those things do tend to linger a little bit. But prior to that, he had become their feature bench scorer. So basically, if Paul George, Kawhi, whoever, wasn't out there on the floor, Norm was going and taking it to the rack over and over again. So he was a good free throw percentage helper, typically, in his career. he laid a couple threes. He's just a gifted offensive player. But then he got hurt 14 minutes into a ballgame. We don't really know what to do with that information. And so I got to keep him on the watch list instead of the ads board because... uh, Because we just don't know what his role is going to be exactly. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game, it's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Rashawn Holmes is on the watch list. Uh, he played. He picked up most of the Derek Lively minutes against the Lakers in the Mavs last ball game, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to do it again because it had generally been Dwight Powell when healthy. It was Maxi Kleba also. Maybe Lively gets back quickly, but we've seen Rashawn Holmes put up fantasy numbers in the past. I've never seen somebody go from like playing in their prime to being almost completely useless in like a week, but that's what happened to Holmes in Sacramento. But maybe there's some kind of life in him here as the backup in Dallas. The backup to the backup, basically. So, watch list. Let's see what he does in the Mavs' next ballgame and go from there. And Jonathan Isaac, who hit 19 and a half minutes. And I said if he hit 20 and I rounded up on that one that I was going to pick him up. And then he promptly saw his minutes dip back down again. Some of that may have been because the Magic, I believe, had a double header mixed in. Um... Overall, Isaac is number 170 in only 14 minutes per ball game, which is, again, that's the magic of Jonathan Isaac. If you're looking at just the last couple weeks, he's top 100 in 15 minutes per game. This is why I keep saying, like, if he can approach 20 minutes, he's a go. But he sort of did and then sort of didn't, and maybe there's a possibility we need somebody to get hurt in front of him. Like, do they even think that his body can handle more than 20 minutes per ballgame? It, it sure seems like the answer is no, but... We should keep an eye on him because he has one of the best fantasy profiles in the entire NBA if he ever got enough minutes to do anything with it. You know, mid-20s in minutes is, is basically like a top 50 guy for him, and full starters minutes, you guys might recall, one was that two years ago? He was a second-rounder in starters minutes. Before I go to uh, the next board here, I want to once again remind everybody that you know, a number of you have joined since the last time I did this and are watching with us live, but also if you're listening or watching after the fact, please take five seconds to go hit the like button. These big weekend shows are an opportunity for us to grow our YouTube page, for us to grow our podcast audience, and uh, for better or worse, we need your help on that. So please go hit some sort of button, subscribe, that's also quite useful the subscription button. I'd like to see that number tick up even while I'm going here. Uh, I know there aren't as many of you hanging out and doing basketball stuff today because it's the day after Thanksgiving. But if you're hanging with us, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. And if you have a moment listening on the pod channels, find a way to do a five-star review. That's also very helpful. Oh, and again on social, I'm at Dan Vespers. I'm sure I'll see you guys over there. Uh, The next board is the injury replacements board, and this is a big one right now, but not all of these guys are a start. These are the guys that have seen, please pay attention to this, these are the guys that have seen their opportunity spike because of an injury in front of them. What I'm going to do here as I talk through it is give you guys the names that I think are worth playing in the specific scenarios that we're going to lay out. And there's a lot of names here, so buckle up a little bit. But we're not going to go deep explanation on all of them, so it, it shouldn't take too long. Miami, Tyler Hero, his absence has really opened the door for three guys on the Heat. Duncan Robinson has been a very easy stream. Um, he's hurt right now. He's questionable for the game, got hurt in that last one. So p- potentially you wouldn't be able to use him this evening. Um, and I forgot to put Thomas Bryant on this board, who I should probably go back and fix. You guys can actually see me do it here. We'll do it live. All right, Thomas Bryant right in with the with the heat, and then Hero slash Bam. I believe Bam is questionable for this one. There we go, fixed it right there live on air. Thomas Bryant is a pot- is a potential stream if Bam misses time. He we know Bryant can put up okay fantasy numbers if he gets you know twenty four twenty five minutes or more, and that seems like basically what he was looking at because defensively he's a sieve. And there's just sort of only so long you can leave him out there. But offensively, he's very gifted. Very good mid-range shooter. Finishes around the bucket extraordinarily well. He just can't guard anybody. But we don't really care about that for fantasy purposes. Uh, Kyle Lowry and Jaime Aquez were the ones we talked about on Wednesday's show as guys that technically had been startable with Tyler Hero down. And I just kept wimping out on actually putting them into my lineup. But then Kyle Lowry exploded in that last ball game, and so that kind of makes that decision a heck of a lot easier. Although, it's worth noting that that was the big one, and probably the next ones to follow won't be quite so large. Since Tyler Hero went down, Lowry is like around a top 90 guy. Uh, Kez is number 103 in those week and a half, two weeks that we've been staring down so far. So again, technically they're both startable in all formats. It's just been hard for me to pull the trigger on it. Lowry getting threes, some assists, some steals. He hasn't completely ruined your percentages, which, again, you're playing with fire a little bit there. Akez has been more points, rebounds, and percentages. I, I like like They could fall off a little bit. That's what I keep worrying about. Okay, Kyle Lowry's not a 46% guy from the field these days. but That's basically what he's been shooting since Harrow went down, how long before the bottom falls out. It hasn't yet, so I guess you can kind of keep going with it. I continue to be too nervous. Goga Batadze has uh, finally kind of locked in that starter's job. I know that he got the start right when Wendell Carter G went down at junior, and he had a really good game against the Lakers. And then the next couple, he and Mo Wagner were basically splitting the center minutes. But over the last few ball games, it's mostly been Batadze doing the damage. Um, Thinking about just like the last week on this, Where's Goga the last week? Number 80 in about 27 minutes per game. And, well, that's three blocks a night. I don't know that that number is really long-term sustainable. We don't need long-term. We just need a week or two. So Goga makes sense as the fill-in there now. And Wagner, you can pretty much write off. Uh, Bobby Portis, we've talked about this one for Jay Crowder. We don't need to go into a whole lot of news on that one. Craig Portis Jr. in Cleveland has actually filled in kind of well for Donovan Mitchell. He's one that I don't think I'm starting immediately. But just be aware, you know, for head-to-head purposes, that's a guy you could drop into a lineup pretty easily. For Roto, I probably wouldn't. Again, there's this distinction, and then people have been like, Dan, why are you making this distinction? Well, here's how it makes sense. Roto, you want every game cap you use, every game against your cap, to be someone that you feel is going to be top 100 or better in a 12-team league. You don't want to blow a games cap game on somebody who might not be as good. Head-to-head... You find a guy like, say, again, Craig Portis Jr. here, where we don't know if he's gonna post a good game in the next one. But over the span of, say, seven days, if the Cavs had four games over seven days and you figured he was gonna be filling in for Donovan Mitchell for all four of them, that's a good enough week. Because it doesn't count against the games cap. You just wanna you just wanna roll stats together. Obi Toppin put a couple of good games together for Indiana. Aaron Niesmith has been, is the reason why. Uh, if Neesmith plays, I don't think that I would throw Toppin in there. If he doesn't, and just get Obi in with a bunch of extra shot attempts, many of them alongside Tyrese Halliburton, but wait, we'll get to that because he's on the injury board also. Toppin's a playable guy in starters minutes, but he really does need like a full 30 minutes per game to get there. So that's why you really need somebody out for this one to make sense. However... Both Tyrese Halliburton and Andrew Nemhard are questionable for the Pacers game this evening. If they sit, T.J. McConnell is going to go crazy. He's done nothing so far this year, McConnell, but he's the third string point guard on that team. and We saw him pick up some slack. I think Halliburton missed one game earlier, and Pacers were not surprisingly kind of bad in it. Uh, Nemhard played about half the game, McConnell played about half the game. T.J. only needs about 24 minutes to be a fantasy guy, but if both point guards are out in front of him in the pecking order and you start to see a 30-minute McConnell, that's a top 50 kind of game. So be ready to potentially drop him in, even though we might not get the news on this one until, well, when the heck do the Pacers play tonight? When's their ball ballgame? Uh, Indy's at home, so uh, that one is a 4 o'clock Pacific time start. By the way, there's a game coming up in like an hour and a half today, so make sure your Boston-Orlando guys are already in your lineup. I know, we're going to be doing our weekend preview, and that one game's going to have already happened. Uh, what do we got next on the docket here? Reggie Jackson, he's not one that I'm starting in Roto. Again, one that makes more sense if you can sort of compile stats on the head-to-head side. Spencer Dinwiddie tips just a tiny bit farther into the maybe Roto. His game is quite similar to Reggie Jackson. Low field goal percent. Uh, free throw is often a neutral for Dinwiddie. Points, threes, assists, kind of the only stuff he does on the court. But the last game, he's done enough of it. So head to head, Dinwiddie obviously he's a go. Like that's not even a question. If you get a decent schedule and he can give you three games and four or five nights, that's playable. Roto, it's an again where I just don't think I have the stones to play him. His last ball game was very much a games cap worthy game, but the you know he had like three or four before that that weren't. So try to interpret this the best you can for your team and your league. Santi Aldama in Memphis. Had a quiet game last time out, but uh, Xavier Tillman has still been out. Marcus Smart is out for a while. Desmond Bain might actually miss time also. That leaves nobody. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Santi Aldama are just going to have to take every shot for a game or two, and that's good for fantasy. So that's why he's on the injury replacement board. Paul Reed was awesome with Joel Embiid out on Wednesday. I'm expecting Embiid to play, but on the chance he doesn't, you... Frickin' better have Paul Reed ready to go. Because his fantasy numbers are huge when he gets playing time. I don't care that Marcus Morris started. Means nothing to me. Harrison Barnes! I don't know that I'd play him in Roto, but Keegan Murray being out allowed Barnes to get a few more shots up, and that allowed him to put up a decent fantasy line. Simple as that. He's extremely boring. When that team is healthy, he doesn't get anywhere near enough touches. But as bodies drop... And I still think the Kings are going to have some kind of injury situation this year because they had none last season. And it's very weird for a team to be super-duper healthy two years in a row. Fox, Murray, Sabonis, Barnes, all those guys basically played every damn game last year. It's just not going to happen again this season. Kings would be quite good if they all were healthy, but I, just, I, I think we're going to see something tip the other way. We already saw Fox miss, what, three or four games? Now Keegan's probably going to miss a few. And if they get hurt at the same time, the West is just such a gauntlet. Like, you need your bodies. You need your horses in there. Dyson Daniels has been a really nice stream with CJ McCollum out, but there's a big question mark there with Jose Alvarado starting to ramp back up again. So he's kind of a maybe on this injury replacement board. Kobe White is also a bit of a maybe. Zach Levine is a game time decision for tonight. Last I saw, he's listed as questionable, but I think he's going to try to give it a go. We'll wait and see on that one. Again, you got to just watch the news on these. And then Kelly Olinick, He's a fun one. Uh, Now, finally getting a chance in the starting lineup with Walker Kessler out. They tried other lineups with largely leaning on Ochaibaji, but uh, they benched him. Olinick got in there. And then we know if Kelly puts up, if has starters minutes, he puts up gigantic fantasy numbers. So he's actually one of my favorite streams on this board if he starts for the Jazz. And the last page on our week in review, the buy lows and the sell highs. Now that we have a buy and a sell show on this thing, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I will a little bit. The buys right now are Chris Middleton, who we've just seen finally kind of crack the the code on getting his minutes up a little bit higher. You might be able to get him for someone near the like 90 range and that's probably a reasonable price to pay because he's not there yet the person rostering him is probably not going to be super willing to part with Middleton if they've been waiting it out to this point but this is your opportunity to try even if it fails Jaron Jackson Jr. is on my buy board he really couldn't be any worse than he's been so far this year he's number 83 percentages or field goal percent is bad steals and blocks are way down um with him, it's going to be about getting that defensive stat going again. And I do think I have every reason to believe that at some point they will. He's just he's being asked to do way too much on the offensive side, and so it's kind of killing his chance to do anything defensively. But he's every, with every passing game, he becomes a more affordable buy low. And OG Ananobi, who was also on our board a couple days ago as a buy low, there's every reason to believe that his steals numbers are going to go up, that his free throw percent is going to go up, Uh, He just makes no sense where he is right now. And I would also believe, I I would assume his rebounds and maybe even assists could trend up a little bit as well. Um, Ananobi's also a buy low. And then the only sell high is Kyle Kuzma, who's putting up these giant assist numbers lately that I just simply can't believe are going to stick, especially now the 48% shooting feels like the one that's absolutely headed down. Um, Question is, what can you get for him? Probably a lot, because he's scoring a bunch and he had these big assist games there's a lot of buzz around him right now. He's ranked 60th at Nine Cat. If you can get somebody near 60 for Kuzma, I would 100% do it. So do it. All right, that's your weekend review. We're going to take a look at all 30 teams' next ball games coming up over the weekend. Uh, but before we do, I want to get to a couple pieces of news that popped up over the NBA. One of them, and one of our, our viewers here, I'll throw it on the board. He says, Any update on Josh Giddy? And the answer is no. And I don't know if all of you guys heard the news, but Josh Giddy uh, appeared in some Instagram photos posted by a high school sophomore where she has basically claimed that they had inappropriate relations. Um, we don't really know the legitimacy of any of this yet. I'm assuming the Thunder and the NBA will probably have some kind of investigation. Uh, until we hear something, we probably just need to assume that he's going to keep playing but news may pop up in the next hour, two hours, whatever it is. I'm not a big Josh Giddy fantasy guy anyway because he's not a particularly strong 9-cat player, and that's mostly what I talk about on this show is 9-cat stuff. I think Giddy is like outside the top 200 on the year. So to that end, he wasn't really startable anyway. If he misses time, the hot hand in, the, in OKC has been Isaiah Joe. That's the guy you'd probably look at to get a, a little more fill-in with Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, probably picking up most of the point guard type duties. And uh, they'll just find other ways to kind of share the basketball. So right now, nothing, no update on Giddy. Don't do anything about it yet. We don't know how the NBA is going to handle it. We don't know if it's real. We don't know if it's a joke, whatever. Um, It could be quite bad if it turns out to be real. But for the moment, let's just sit on it. Uh, here's what I'd like to do. Let's, let's get through our uh, weekend preview part of the proceedings. Let me see if I can get that up on the screen here. Make it nice and big. There's Friday's games. Uh, so here's the team playing on Friday. And you'll know we do this pretty fast because most of the angles we're pursuing on these games are stuff that we talked about already on the sort of weekend review. So we'll move through the 30 teams pretty fast. 10-15 seconds on each team, probably maximum here. Boston Orlando, that ball game again starts in about an hour and a half from the time we are doing this podcast. Um, we already talked about Goga on the Orlando side. Uh, Boston, we know Drew Holiday is doubtful, so there is a little angle there to look at who fills in. When Derek White was hurt or out l- earlier this week, Peyton Pritchard had a big ball game. My guess is that Sam Hauser probably gets the start, but you never know. They might go big and let Al Horford get in there. We got to wait and see. Phoenix, Memphis. Uh, not much with the Suns until we hear about Bradley Beal getting closer. So right now, you can just sort of coast along. Kevin Durant, by the way, questionable with a sore foot in this game. The Suns may be looking for an opportunity to give their their main guys some rest. And Memphis has been so terrible that I don't. This feels like an opportunity to maybe do so. Uh, Grizzlies. We already talked about Aldama. JJJ is a buy low. But if Desmond Bain misses time, it's possible that someone else will have no choice. But to put up some numbers, would that be Jacob Gilliard? Uh, I don't know. I think we need to see and put one in the Rolodex before we start adding and subtracting stuff. We talked about all the streamers on the Heat. There's possibly four of them, depending on who's in and who's out. The Knicks, I'm, I'm tipping towards drop Josh Hart, and maybe he should have been on the board earlier as someone that I am putting more into the I'm worried or drop zone. Perhaps that's the name that got left off here. Either way. It doesn't look like he's getting 30 minutes when the Knicks are healthy. And that's what we need out of him to hit fantasy value. And so we'll make it very simple. He's playing 30. uh, It's a no. And if he's not, then, or if he is, then it's a yes. Uh, You guys in the chat room just said that Drew is out and not doubtful, which is fine. I mean, I was assuming that he was probably not going to play. Someone's listed as doubtful in the morning. You can generally assume they're not going. Um, News came out, I think, 11 minutes ago that he's actually been uh, listed as out. We also got word, uh, Giannis is questionable. That came up about 20 minutes ago on the Milwaukee side, so that would be a really big thing for Bobby Portis. Uh, he, and it's an illness. Giannis has an upper respiratory infection, it looks like. Non-COVID illness. If they don't say gastroenteritis, I'm assuming that means that he's coughing a bunch, which, by the way, if any of these guys have the thing that I've been battling for the last four weeks, there's no way they're playing basketball. Anyway, we'll get to the Bucks in a little bit. Um... So that's the uh, that's the Knicks. Bulls, Zach Levine is questionable. Uh, I'm looking for more information on Kobe White pretty much every time he, that Levine doesn't play. But we've said it a couple times earlier this week. If there's a chance you could squat on White now, you might want to do it because we know Levine is on the trade block. What I don't know is when he gets moved. Might be now, might be a week, might be two months. That would be the trade deadline, basically. Uh, that'd be two and a half months, I guess. We don't know. At some point, though, it seems like the Bulls are going to have no choice but to blow it up. And when they do, Kobe White stands to benefit probably more than anybody. But Patrick Williams could also be a guy there. Andre Drummond could be a guy there. There's a lot of stuff in Chicago. The reason I brought up Kobe White first is that he's one we already know steps into more usage, and he needs a lot of usage because his fantasy game is not perfect. Toronto. uh, Nothing, really. Pistons. It sounds like we're going to get Jalen Duran back. That's fun. So bye bye Marvin Bagley and Isaiah Stewart. Thoughts of any kind. Jaden Ivy has played big minutes his last two or three ball games. Uh, his fantasy game is a bit iffy for nine cat, but it'd be nice to see if there's been some growth there. Indiana. We just talked about all the guys that are questionable. Neesmith, Nemhart, Halliburton. Chance to get some streams going, but again, you just gonna have to watch the news, get, watch the wire on that one, see what we uh, what comes out on who's in and who's out sacco Uh We talked about Keegan Murray. That's the only real story there, along with the Harrison Barnes. Minnesota, uh, first game without Jaden McDaniels. I should have put Nikhil Alexander-Walker on the watch list earlier in this show. I always miss someone, and then it comes up as I'm going through the games ahead. He got the start with Jaden McDaniels out. Uh, Jaden's expected to miss two to three weeks with his sprained ankle. I don't know that Alexander-Walker is going to get enough usage to do anything, but um, but you never know. Maybe Maybe he ramps up how many shots he takes. Kind of doubt it, because McDaniels wasn't exactly taking a ton of shots. Maybe Kyle Anderson. That was what we said before. Is it going to be slow-mo? Is it going to be gnaw? Is it going to be nobody? Probably nobody for, for Roto, but Alexander Walker, slow-mo, those guys could be a little more useful to get on the head-to-head side. Wizards, nothing really outside of just the tank. Milwaukee, we just talked about Giannis being listed as questionable, so that would open the door for Bobby Portis to do a ton of stuff. You'd probably get enough of Pat Connaughton even there to make sense, and then Dane would have to have a big ball game again. Denver, nothing really. Houston, nothing really. San Antonio, also nothing really. I know, a lot of teams where we kind of know what up, what's up at this point. Warriors, is Clay finally waking up? Is Wiggins waking up? I'm inclined to say maybe on Clay, and I'm inclined to say maybe not on Wiggins, but again, you never know. Chris Paul had been very good with Draymond out. He got ejected. He got Scott Fostered in their last ball game, and uh, that dropped him from top 50 to like 64, but easy peasy. Um... Uh, 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 new Orleans uh Dyson Daniels Jose Alvarado Jordan Hawkins all that stuff Jonas Valanciunas who's been blocking a crap ton of shots all that is kind of stuff to monitor and then the Clippers I hope Norman Powell plays because I'd like to frankly see what he's going to do with the team in this particular build um but again I don't I don't really know and he might not play Looking ahead to Saturday, Philly, that's going to be whether or not Joel Embiid is in the lineup or not. Um, obviously, if he's not, you go Paul Reed. OKC, we'll see if anything about Josh Giddy emerges before that ball game. And if it does, then we'll have more things to pay attention to there. Uh, Miami, we've talked about. Brooklyn, Dinwiddie is kind of the only thing there. Hawks, very straightforward. Wizards we talked about, Lakers, Cam Reddish being out has sort of opened the door for something else to happen, but I don't think we're going to see it. Feels like it's just the core four for LA these days. Cleveland it's going to come down to Donovan Mitchell's health. Everything else is relatively locked in at this point. Um, If he's out, again, head-to-headers, you might look at Craig Porter Jr., a lot of Porter Juniors floating around. Pelicans we talked about, Jazz, uh, if Olinick's still in the starting lineup, I think is probably the big question there. Mavericks it's the health of Derek Lively and uh we already talked about the Clippers and does anybody not go today or tomorrow the Blazers there you go Blazers are are off a couple of days they'll play again on Sunday and uh you know Malcolm Brogdon being back I think pretty much shores that up and then whether or not DeAndre Ayton plays in that ball game because uh, he missed the last one and uh Reith had a decent ball game and Jabari Walker had a better ball game and Like, I'm probably not going to take the plunge on those types of guys if Aiden misses another ballgame, but it is something to sort of throw in the back of your brain. And does anybody else... Charlotte on Sunday, Gordon Hayward, is what you're paying attention to there. I think that's the entire NBA. Yeah, that's all 30 teams, and that's what you're paying attention to. All right, we're about 42 minutes deep. Let's do a few questions, and uh, then we'll wrap up the week here. Let's see... Clay Thompson, Bruce Brown, Scoot Henderson, or Tyus Jones, 9-cat. I have to drop one by the end of the week. <sighs> well, the one of these four that's absolutely positively not producing 9-cat value right now is Scoot. Now, certainly, he's a guy you're going to want to have on your team in February and March, most likely, but if like if you need to win right away, he's not really helping right now. Now, if you're looking down the line and say, okay, I can't drop Scoot, I need to make sure I stash him and uh, it's probably Bruce Brown because his ceiling is the lowest of the remaining players. A good Bruce Brown year is going to be like 90 range. Whereas, you know, if Tyus Jones suddenly starts getting minutes, he could be a top 60, top 70 guy. Same story for Klay Thompson. If he starts to get his shot to fall, would you try to sell high on Paul George and Booker due to injury risk? Mm. Problem is, I think other teams are aware of whatever the injury risk might be Paul George is number eight in nine cat right now. Um, Where's Booker at? He's number 11. Um, I don't know that I would move on from either of those guys because Bradley Beal's out a few more weeks. So Devin Booker's going to just keep having this gigantic run that he's on as he is right now. The point guard Beal comes back. They're likely going to do more splitting of that depending on who the hell's healthy. Um, you know, if you could trade Booker and get a top 12 guy back, I probably would, but I don't think you can. So you're, you probably just enjoy it. And then with Paul George, I think if you can get anybody inside the top, like 15 to 18 back, you probably do it. But again, I don't know that that's going to work. Like, I don't think anybody's going to give you, what, Scotty Barnes for him? Probably not. Uh, you're not getting Steph. You're not getting these guys that were drafted at the very top end. So... I mean, the short answer is yes. If you could sell them, you probably should, but I don't know that you're going to be able to get much. Who would you target if you were selling Kyle Kuzma? Um, You know, there are some names around him that I I think are really interesting. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is really close by. Uh, DeMar DeRozan isn't that far off. Vooch isn't that far off. uh, Zach Levine isn't that far off. And Levine, people are probably worried about right now. Um, I don't know if I'd go any lower. Because I feel like with the way he's scoring and assisting right now, you could, you could sort of aim big. Could you get Freddie Van Vliet? I doubt it. Jalen Brunson? Eh, worth a try. I don't know if that helped at all. Rank Caruso quickly and Eason. It's that order. Should I drop Jonathan Isaac for Goga Batadze? Yeah, I think I would. Do I trade Kyrie Irving for Mikhail Bridges for the playoff schedule advantage or no? It's a points league. Um, boy, I might. I might. Um, depends on whether or not you think your team is still strong enough to get there with the per-game drop-off you take. Getting rid of Irving for Bridges. I feel like you could probably get somebody better than Bridges for Kyrie. Kyrie's number 23 right now, and he really hasn't even hit his stride in a number of different facets and, like, wait for Luka to miss a ball game too. Um, so my answer to this is maybe, but I feel like you could aim even higher. Pascal Siakam or Jalen Brown rest of season? Um, give me Jalen Brown. Safer, because Siakam could get moved if Toronto goes on a stinky stink run. Is Sadiq Bey a drop? Yes. I have Scoot on IL. I know you're not a fan, but I feel like he has some trade value. Would you drop Obdius, Suggs, Keontae George, or Tyus Jones, or just let Scoot off the hook? Um, The rest of those guys are going to be much better than him for, I would guess, again, the next two to two and a half, three months. It's just a long time. Like, I get it. I get it, guys. Scoot's going to be good later this year, probably. I get it. I just, I have so much trouble sitting on a guy for that long. Too many things can go wrong. Other guys on your team can get hurt. You can have weeks where you just have a games disadvantage. And so if you have a guy in your team that's like, kind of a black hole for fantasy stats, and, and you know, Scoot, there's probably going to be, it's not like he goes from being completely unplayable to very good over, and just overnight. There's going to be a curve to this, where he slowly gets better, presumably. But, it feels to me like it's many weeks before he passes any of those other guys. Uh, if any of them is a drop, it's probably Keontae George, but I think I'd rather just not have to deal with waiting on Scoot forever. Someone dropped John Morant in a public league. How much fab would you use to pick him up? 25%? More? More. Um, Memphis is what? We're like halfway through his suspension, so you know you're only holding for about three more weeks. And then he's going to play. And I know nine cat, his numbers are weird because his free throw shooting is bad and his turnovers are super duper high. Uh, and his field goal percent is not helpful, but there aren't that many dudes out there that you could pick up. That'll probably post mid to high twenties in points, you know, five, six boards, seven, eight, nine assists and over a steal, a ball game. Uh, You know, he's playable in any format. And then in head-to-head, if you happen to be punting turnovers, free throw, or field goal percent, he's an absolute juggernaut. So um, I would go more than 25% of your fab budget. This is, you know, guys like that don't pop up where they're just absolute guaranteed mega producers. Uh, I don't know about all, because you may want to have some at some point. um, But I would say between 50 and 80 is perfectly reasonable. Any chance that Embiid misses a few games? I picked up Paul Reed, and about and I'm about to stream the slot. I don't know, Troy. Sorry, Um, I haven't heard anything on Embiid since he missed that last ball game. Anything's possible with Joel. I'm assuming he's back because they had a few games off or a few days off here between basketball games. Obviously, you're gonna want Paul Reed if Embiid is ruled out, but also like you can still stream and get more here uh, because they Paul Reed only has one more game. So I would probably stream it and just say, I hope Embiid comes back, Um, because if you wait and then Embiid comes back, then it's kind of too late, really, to stream the spot effectively. Derek Lively or Wendell Carter Jr.? I actually think Lively has the more interesting upside between the two, because he gets defensive stats. Call me nuts, I'm not a big Wendell Carter Jr. fantasy guy. Um... I think well, he, was, he was like 103 last year. This season, he's not even repro- approaching any of that type of stuff. He just can't get any higher than that because he doesn't block shots. Just a tiny bit more here, guys. I don't know how many questions we got, but uh, just a few more, and then I got to wrap it up. Um. Oh, here's another situation where Scoot got dropped. Do I drop any of the following guys to pick up Scoot Henderson? Bilal, Dyson Daniels, Craig Porter Jr., Goga Batazi. Yeah, I'm dropping Craig Porter. Because we know he's disappearing as soon as Donovan Mitchell comes back. You agree that Miles Bridges going back going to be a top forty again? He looks like a good start. Um, I don't know about top forty when that team's fully healthy. He's rumbling right now, but then like the adrenaline's going to wear off in a couple of ball games. But yeah, I mean he seems like he's going to be a top 60, 70, almost at the worst kind of dude. Um, I'm just continuing to try to win without him. I don't think I need him to win my league. Is Clay a sell high? Yeah, you're not going to get anything for him after two decent ball games. So, no, that's not, uh, he'd have to be good, he'll have to be good for a few weeks before I think you could get anything substantial for Clay. I have to drop one of the following players, Keegan Murray, De'Anthony Melton, Devin Vassell, 10-teamer. Uh, 10-teamer, you're probably dropping Melton, maybe Vassell, not Keegan Murray, I feel like he's got just massive upside. Oh boy, yeah, well, I don't think we're going to get through all these questions, guys, sorry about that. Do you think Markel Fultz is a buy-low target for a punt threes team? Normally I'd say yes, but I just have no idea when that dude is coming back, if ever. Who's a good replacement for Miles Bridges? I ended up picking him up, but would rather not root for a guy like that. Yeah, I understand. Um, I think you could trade him for a top 75 range guy right now. Um, Or if you're okay with just closing your eyes for like one more week, because if he puts up good numbers for another three or four ball games, you'd probably be able to get someone more like top 50, top 60. Um, and basically, just the longer you hold on to him, the more value you could get back in a trade. You've come this far, Jade, and believe me, I'm with you on this. I don't really want him on my team either. Um, but now that he's there for you, you might as well try to get proper value back. So give him a little bit longer. There'll be some ebbs and flows here, and then you can probably get a little more. Is Derek Lively's injury serious? I mean, he didn't, it looked not great. He bashed his back on the ground, but it's a contusion. He landed awkwardly. Um, nothing's ripped or torn, and he's a young dude, so weak, maybe less, maybe more. I don't think it's months. I'm looking to sell on Chris Paul with, uh, yeah, that makes sense. He's doing a lot more with Draymond out. Should I try to get Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, or OG Ananobi? I would go for OG. Of those three guys. If I had my druthers. Do I drop Tyus Jones or Brandon Miller. For Jaime Aquez. Um, you could probably stream the Brandon Miller slot. Um, or you just hold. Just hold still. I'm worried about Kawhi's health. Uh, I mean everybody's always worried about Kawhi's health. Who would you flip him for? Anybody inside the top 25. I mean he's number 28 right now. And his free throw percent isn't anywhere near where it's likely to finish this season. Um, Field goal percent probably also ticks up. I don't know if this is the perfect time to sell on Kawhi, but you should be able to get a top 25 guy back. Do you think this is the year Kawhi and Kyrie play 70 games or more? No, but I said on many pods leading up to the season that I thought we were going to get like low to mid 60s out of Kawhi instead of 50s. And I still feel that way. Spicy Dad, I like that handle. Would you trade OG for Aaron Gordon if you're punting threes? No, wait, don't don't sell on OG right now. He's a buy right now. If you can get OG, then let him get hot, then flip him for somebody have at it. but I'm also not an Aaron Gordon fantasy fan. He's number 100 right now because his free throw percent stinks. I also think his defensive stats continue to trend downward as the year goes. Uh, I don't I don't want any part of Aaron Gordon going forward. I'm gonna get through these questions, damn it. Who would you aim if you were selling Kyrie Irving? Uh it's gotta to be top twenty or better. I wouldn't settle for anything less than a top twenty, safe top twenty guy. So like uh cat would be an interesting one that maybe you could get. That'd be a little bit low. Um Markinen, maybe you could get. Donovan Mitchell, while he's hurt, maybe you could get. But the only reason you're selling on Kawhi is if you just think it's the end is nigh for him. That like, game missed are going to start popping up. But the Mavs are looking pretty good, I feel like he's just generally enjoying himself. Should I stream Duncan Robinson's spot? Uh, I think I'd try to hold. He was rolling top 50 here with Hero out. Asar Thompson or OG rest of season? Um... I think I'm going to say Ananobi, but it's close. It's close. Someone dropped Tyus Jones. I picked him up to stream. Should I hold for more than a week and see how he does? Yeah, I do. I actually believe that. Uh, If the Wizards actually let Tyus Jones play, um, he could be a very good fantasy asset. He's number 129 with like limited opportunities so far. But you saw, when he gets starters minutes, if he's at 30 minutes or more, he's well inside the top 100, and he's a rest-of-season guy in those spots. It's just that right now, he's playing 27 minutes a game, and uh, Jordan Poole's taking 25 shots and missing almost all of them. So in my heart of hearts, I still believe that at some point, the Wizard's going to be like, Tyus, I need you to run this thing a little bit more, and he gets a little bit better. He's very close to being a playable guy, even in these bad scenarios. So yes, hold on to him, I think it's good. Is Gordon Hayward a drop? Uh, I talked about this at the very beginning of the show. Scroll all the way back. He's on the holds board for one more week. Is Jalen Johnson better than OG Ananobi in fantasy? Well, he has been so far this year, although I do still think Jalen Johnson comes back to earth a little bit and Ananobi works up. It's possible they both end up in like the 60s. Um, So maybe this carrot should be an equal sign. Ah, you guys are sneaking in questions here at the end. I said I was going to be done. Is Ingram a sell high? Is he a sell high? I think he's ranked 88th. I don't know that that's high. Oh, points league. No, this is what he is in a points league. Could Cam Johnson get inside the top 90 in a points league? I don't see why not. Suggs or Tyus Jones rest of the year? Uh, probably Suggs because the Wizards are screwball. And Orlando's winning, and Suggs is being a, is a big part of that. So give me uh, give me Suggs. And that's it. I know a bunch of you actually just joined in to watch at like almost the one hour mark, but hopefully you guys are way back behind and and then you can play catch up later on. Um, Hey, please, another awesome week in the books. What do we do? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Did seven shows this week because we didn't have one yesterday. Um, Again, trying to do as many as eight shows a week these days. Really appreciate you guys tuning in for as many of those as you can, but that one little thing I need you guys to do, please like, rate, and subscribe. Subscribe, the big one, on your way out of here. Before you close the window, uh, it means an absolute boatload to the growth of our website, to growth of Sports Ethos, to the growth of Fantasy NBA Today, and the Sports Ethos YouTube page. Again, mandatory. Come find me on Twitter, at Dan Baspris. We're going to do a lot of chatter over there. In between shows, uh, you just, you have to be. I know Twitter's a hellscape, but like it's the, it's the way to get basketball news and it's the way for me to help interpret it for you guys when I'm in between doing shows like this. So see you guys over on Twitter at Dan Bespris. Check out our buddies over at manscaped.com. Promo code is ethos20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order. On today, Black Friday, perfect time to go over there, do some shopping, get your holiday gifts knocked out with a lawnmower or a handyman. I promise you, if you give these gifts to a man in your life, they will love them because they won't have to get any sideburn trimmers ever again simple as that unless they want a new one from manscaped later on again that promo code is ethos20 for 20 percent off and free shipping what have i forgotten to say oh come hang out with us in discord i put the uh put the link up near the top of the board in the chat room it's also in the show description it's free yes once you're in there you can upgrade to a premium discord pass so you can hang out with the analysts from sports ethos but you don't have to Because the regular NBA channel is just sort of floating along right now. And everybody's having a ball posting questions with, you know, a green circle or a blue circle to vote. And people are voting on it. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people voting on all these things. People getting their questions answered by a community that's really finally coming together in a way that I can't remember happening here at Ethos before. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, Come again, chill with us in Discord. I'm going to see... If there's any shot, I can do a show over the weekend. Weekends are tough, man, when you got a bunch of kids. What is this? I seem to have bruised myself on the back of my arm, and I just saw it on the video. Uh, weekends are hard when you got two kids and all their activities, uh, but I will do my best to do a Let's Make a Deal episode. And uh, regardless of whether we get that one in there, we'll be back with you on Monday to review the very busy fantasy weekend. Good luck with your matchups. Go get some wins on Sunday. We'll see you guys in a couple days.